Welcome. Let's read Spider-Man listeners. This is your host. This podcast, again, is Eddie, and I'm here with... James B. All right, James B. James B., I always, I can never do your introduction, James B. You get me twice in a row. James B., let's hear your introduction. Remind me what it is. Yeah, what do I say? True it's believer... Readers. Yeah, there we are. That's I can called, never do that one. You know what it's called when I say true believer readers, Eddie? What that is called? <laughs> what, what is it, James B.? It's called astronauts. <laughs> Asking. All right. There you go. Citing back to previous podcasts. Well, it's, we got. I'm, I'm done with that because I got Lucky Lobo in this uh, Spider-Man 22 here. Crafty the Clown and Princess Python. There we go. The, the great clown. Gambinos. <laughs> They're all in here, everybody. The Clown and the Masters of Menace. But, uh, I'm, you know, James B., I'm going to kind of talk about this comic. I can't say it's my favorite one that I've read. So if you're ready... I'm going to kind of go through it. You good? You good, James B.? You ready? Yeah. Yep. Let's go. All right. Here we go. So Spider-Man number 22, The Clown and the Masters of Menace. Uh, let's just talk. We can note the uh, Stanley's hilariousness with Artie Semek is in big letters on the um, the first page here. And it says, we let Artie do this occasionally. It's cheaper than giving him a raise. I, <laughs> he, I really he, like. For those who don't know, that he is the letterer. He's the one who writes the words and the copies. Yeah. And draw the pictures, write the story. He has to write all the words out. <laughs> well, I really like that that introduction. So, anyways, for the first page, good, good, good on you, Stanley. Uh, anyway, Spider-Man finds himself um, with the Ringmaster again in this comic, and the, they're all just hanging out. And Spider-Man swings in after um, after he. He, he, he figures out where they are and plants a uh, tracker on the ringmaster here on his on his hat and then swings off because he's like, I know this guy's trouble. He's, he's going to give me trouble, so I'll just figure out where he is all the time with my little tracker. Um, the crew ends up dumping the ringmaster cause the, and puts the clown in charge, the greatest of kind of, all right, the clown, whatever. Peter and Betty end up uh, bumping into each other at some point. Um, in which Peter and Betty are like, they're very happy to see each other and kind of go arm in arm and walk off. There's this great next scene where uh, J. Jonah Jameson is hosting an art gallery. Um, listeners, you can really enjoy on page five, there's both a stick figure drawing and like a sock with a, a toe poking out of it, broken. <laughs> I very much enjoyed the art gallery there. The clown and the, um, the ringmaster's old crew shows up to distract everybody while... They go and like steal some of the artwork, which is at this this gathering. J. Jonah Jameson gets knocked in the head by um, the man called Cannonball, uh, to which knocks out J. Jonah Jameson, one of the hardest-headed individuals of all time, I would say. Anyway, so he gets knocked out. Um, they end up getting away, and Spider-Man catches up with the Ringmaster to find him at the police station. He hypnotizes the ringmaster and says, where is everybody? I know you know where they are. And he says, at the old hideout. So <laughs> Spider-Man swings off at, to go to the old hi- hideout. I, I just side note here. It appears these villains never change out of their costumes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because like the ringmaster is showing up at the police station. Anyways, Spider-Man shows up the hideout. He beats everybody up almost as easily as uh, we could say he beats up Montana. <laughs> And at, at any time, and then has major problems with Princess Python. Um, he can't he can't hit her, James B. Princess Python. He's like, I can't hit hit Princess Python. She's a woman. 
Uh, so she like tries to seduce him and then gets a cattle prod out, tries to unmask him, throws him into a room with her python snake, to which he turns into a paperweight. And then um, J. Jonah Jameson at the end of this comic kind of comes out of getting knocked out and is okay. And Aunt, Maggie, Aunt May at the very end gets angry at Peter because he was out so late. James B., what do you uh, any comments any thoughts about this this one in particular um i like how the clown is sometimes juggling while other people are having conversations and he's like creeping around in the background uh, at the art show i like how in this issue um there's not actually a circus at all they're just for their own entertainment just all dressed up right they're not like coming from the circus or going to the circus they're just in their circus garb all the time well i mean i don't know as stated before that's just their mo i hope they wash these clothing so that that you know this is not my favorite one james b that's all i really have to say about it do you have anything else to add for this for spider-man number 22 with the clown just the fact that peter gets Peter getting scolded by Aunt May is uh, a cute ending because she's really angry with him for not calling, and they're going to carry that over. They're going to yeah. like they're going to carry that into our next issue. There, which leads me on Spider-Man number twenty-three. We're going to talk about that one also today, twenty-two and twenty-three. Are you ready for it, James B? Yeah, let's go. Uh, this is a little bit more my little more my speed here. It is the Goblin, the Goblin and the Gangsters. I'm I'm a big fan of the Goblin. I do like him. So uh, the Goblin shows back up. He's in Lucky Lobos, um, kind of hideout here, and he's talking right off the bat. I like how one of the gangsters whispers to the other one. By the way, you know how I really like bubbling with different things like it's little dashes to indicate that they're whispering um one of the gangsters says to the other one dig that corny costume will you uh it, james b what do you think of the goblin's costume i uh i think i mentioned a couple podcasts ago that I, I actually have to be reminded constantly it's a costume and they think that's why they do it because people like me think this is what he looks like like why not just him yes because like the hulk looks like a monster and they want to make sure you know this is a costume so how can we work that into the story they say just keep mentioning the first time they showed him he was putting on his costume right this time here the guy's like dig that corny costume like that's why it's there eddie oh so he's not like an alien green alien goblin or i i'll have a little my daughter happened to see this page and say the, the goblin looks like he could be a girl because he has that long purple hair. He does. He does look like a girl. The little toy. He really did. The Miko 1973 action figure looks like a girl doll, too. Very, very effeminate outfit. So you rock on, Goblin. He has some serious eyelashes, too. Has you ever noticed his very long eyelashes? <laughs> I, I don't look at him quite as close as you do. <laughs> well, after my daughter said that, I'm like, wait, I'm going to take a second look at the goblin. So, yes, the purple hat along with the long eyelashes, the pink bag, which has kind of an infinite amount of really fun gadgets. I, the goblin, the goblin's outfit is uh, a topic of conversation, I think. Um, we, we, well, we already have talked about it for a while, but uh, are you ready to move on? Let me tell you about um, number 23 here, James B. Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right. So we go on. Um, the goblin kind of he—he's in Lucky Lobo's hideout here, and he gets angry at him. He throws one of his pumpkins down, and uh, of all great ironies, the gangsters go to the police for help. To which the police are like, I guess, 
no, we're not helping you out for this. And the goblin flies off. Peter Parker spends three panels worrying about how he washed his costume and how it's not not dry. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, all right. Um, he heads out from uh, Aunt May, who says, remember, make sure you don't stay out late or make sure you call me if it's, you're going to be out late, right? And um, he's got this nice stylish outfit on, this white jacket and black shirt. And then who shows up? None other than Frederick Foswell. Do you remember Frederick Foswell, James B.? Of course I do. He's the big man. That's right. And he just waltzes back into the Daily Bugle. Because as you pointed out, everyone at the Daily Bugle looks like Frederick Foswell anyway, so you might as well actually put Frederick Foswell there. He they do, they do for sure. And J. Jonah Jameson, not only does he hire him back, but it's like a ploy to say like, well, see, I'm hiring ex-cons. I'm so big hire, big hearted to hire back this criminal into my organization. So Frederick Foswell's back. Um, the goblin ends up exposing Lucky Lobo by kind of getting some inside information about where all his rackets are. And Frederick Foswell stomps into J. Jonah Jameson while he's at this gathering of midtown businessmen and uh, spills the beans. And he says, let me put a paper out, publicizes this, um, this so that we know who are the, who the enemies are. Um, Spider-Man heads out looking around town here and he sees all this activity. Green Goblin flies into uh, Lucky's hideout and they have a fight where Spider-Man ends up having to fight all the gangsters, and the Goblin's like, this is great. Two of my enemies are going to kind of kaput each other. Um, so Spider-Man is fighting fighting the uh, crew here, and there's a great scene where he like locks himself in a room, and he, he, I like how they're always sure to flip up his mask. He calls Aunt May. Now, James B., I, I think there would be a few gunshots going off. Like, have they stopped ramming the door? Are the gunshots going off? But he says... He says to him, oh, it's just a little noisy here. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm doing just fine. And then the gangsters break through, at which point Spider-Man has this big web that he had built into the ceiling, captures the gangsters, and um, flies after the goblin. But the goblin gets away, and then they kind of they tangle up in... James B., where, where are they tangling inside this? It's like a old factory, right? I kind of miss this. Did you see it? They fall through a skylight. Yeah, I don't think this is the old factory who was our uh, our sponsor, by the way, back in um, our huh? first podcast. I think this is a uh, a different old factory. The Goblin, then, they have a fight, and the Goblin just, like, jets out of there on the glider. And Spider-Man, in this kind of hilarious scene, like, can't catch up to him and falls falls, like, a little ungracefully. But the Goblin gets away, and, like... Uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong, James B. The Goblin has not been defeated by Spider-Man, as in like he hasn't gone to jail, right? He he doesn't do anything wrong. He's not he's not committing crimes. Ooh, what has he done? What did he, he do wrong? Well, in, what did he do wrong in this issue? Well, he ne- he never and well, I mean, like he was, I don't know, consorting with gangsters, I guess. Just consorting, he, he, throwing he, he was throwing fun. pumpkin he, bombs around. I read I read in the Daily Bugle, Eddie, that he is fighting the gangsters. <laughs> he is practically a hero. <laughs> oh, he's, well, he's going to end up there with Mysterio. That uh, are they going to hold a parade? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he well, does. He's he's he, he got he made Spider-Man like ten thousand dollars by getting him hired from or whatever it was. Hired him in a movie. Remember, he got some cash for that. He's helped Spider-Man get a job. He hasn't done anything. But he attacks bad guys. 
So, so you're, uh, I, so the goblin's like the best thing that's happened to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Uh, Is this what you're trying to argue? <laughs> it's sort of like the same way that Betty Brant feels that Peter's like up to no good. Like there's some, something might not be right, but the way it's presented, he hasn't done anything wrong yet. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm just impressed that the goblin has evaded. I mean, he is like throwing pumpkin bombs around the city. He threw one at a car. Like, I don't know. Spider-Man and him were working together. Spider-Man went to his aid. True. He, they like did beat up the gangsters too for the yeah. goblin who they were fighting against. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the goblin at this point. It's, it's certainly interesting to me that he hasn't been put in. He has not been put in jail yet. Anyways, the goblin, the goblin flies back and is upset that everybody got arrested. And um, Peter calls Aunt May again to say that he's going to be in late. And Foswell ends up being like the guy, you know, like the guy that got all these mobsters in trouble and gave and 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 gave the goblin, you know, what he what he wanted there to get the mobsters in trouble. I just this is incredibly if I rehired an ex-con like Foswell back into my organization, the first thing he gets is a list of all the like rackets that the local gangster is is putting out. This this seems like a questionable um, first thing for Foswell to get, but whatever. Maybe it's because his former under. I know he says all through the comic, "I've gone straight. I'm I'm a good guy now." So fine, fair enough, Foswell. Um, Peter gives Betty a hard time about Ned Leeds towards the end of this. Once again, I find there's a lot of confusion about Ned Leeds and Betty in general, and Peter. Um, what what about you, James B? Betty just meant to tell him about the letter, but then she sort of forgets, which creates another doubt about is Peter's relationship in danger. He didn't seem to care about Ned Leeds at all. Like last time. he thought Ned Leeds was a good dude. Then he thought Ned Leeds was out of the picture. And now he's worried about just a letter. The guys in Europe, like relax, dude, everything about that is very confusing to me. So I, mean, I don't he, know. He's, he's all messed up. He even looks peaked about this. Yeah. He's like sweating and right around that time. He's really, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, James B., do you have anything to add? Any shocking panels? Dated references? Insults? No? Why don't we get our sponsor for this episode? So at least okay, know. fine. Let's hear it. And I'm then, ready. And then we can then we can jump to our game unless there's something yeah. else you want to talk about. The go- this this goblin episode. Let me issue. I'll say by the way, it was a uh, it, it it was a good a good issue. And you know what? Let me let me get the sponsor like out of the way too. real quick. Then we can wrap up the goblin. Then we can play your game. How's that? Great. All right. So um, Eddie, um, how how have you been this summer? Have you been doing anything exciting? I have been very busy this summer, that's for sure. Well, maybe so. your family, uh, you could take your family somewhere and you guys could get a little bit of enjoyment, Eddie. I want to let you know that the uh, Circus of Crime and Terror is the scariest experience ever to come to your area. Do you have the bravery it takes to explore this horrifying spectacle? Could you escape beyond the big top where the great Gambonos fly? Will you be there to see the human cannonball launch through the air? Will you be able to escape Princess Python and her frightening snake? And beware our killer clown! So Eddie, bring your friends, bring your cash and your valuables. The Circus of Crime and Terror is coming to scare you, and you don't want to miss it. That's the Circus of Crime and Terror coming to your area. So Eddie, we have a new sponsor this week. That's our sponsor! Um, yeah. The circus of crime. I, you know what? I I will not be taking my daughters there. They already, we already had a conversation about why clowns well, are scary. Well, let, 
I okay. try to argue they weren't too. Yeah, I just want to let you know, to, to be fair about this sponsor, because I do, we do vet our sponsors here at Let's Read Spider Man, and uh, initially they had applied for a sponsorship a long time ago, and uh, I I denied the Ringmaster because I knew about the trouble that he's caused way back since uh, with the Incredible Hulk days, but I I came on. Um, good authority that the ringmaster is no longer affiliated with circus or Terra, so i i have chosen to uh, keep him as Wait, a sponsor for now i have a very important question did you meet the ringmaster in person james b to determine if he could sponsor us uh, the ringmaster um if you did i think i i feel i know why the sponsor occurred you probably you might have looked at his hat <laughs> I, I suppose you're right. I do have vague <laughs> recollections of a tall, thin man with a Fu Manchu mustache, but then everything after that's sort of a blur. <laughs> and then uh, we got another spot. All right, all right. Yeah, well, but that's uh, that's all we got for for let's 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 uh. Okay. I wanna, okay. I want to say this goblin issue. I thought was, uh, I mean, obviously the last issue we we did not neither one of us thought was 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 that good. Um, I'm sorry to the circus of crime but the um the goblin's great like because one he's a reoccurring villain who who's who yeah. never gets captured that, um, yeah uh we have aunt may chewing out peter i i like i know that you talked about a few panels of his issues with his costume we have you know the bring bring back foswell a previous character we've met before uh splashing a little bit more troubles with betty brant and ned leeds uh and then j Jonah jameson with questionable ethics rehiring Foswell. He's, he's he's a warm-hearted, generous, good Samaritan, J. Jonah Jameson. And you, and you asked me last issue if he was, you know, if he was... And, and of course, Betty does the look at us think bubble. Page five, oh, Betty looks at us think bubble. Right. Oh dear, I forgot to tell him about Ned's letter. Oh, oh well, Betty. it's too late. You know, so like, there it is. She's always looking at us. Right at Jeez. you. Right at you. That's, uh, by the way, that's, if you watch old television shows, like, you turn on like a black and white perry mason show whatever they characters speak they go full screen on a face that's all Ooh. they do where when you get up to like the 1990s they realize you have to have movement and motion people can't people have if people are going to be meeting at a table uh in like an episode of um like star trek or ncis or something there's got to be movement and motion and they can't stay still in one place because audiences don't like that so uh we don't love betty looking right at us that's not the kind of action we want but that's how they used to do things back here Oh, but that's uh, that's all I got to say about this episode. I want to. I, I hear a rumor there's a game, and I know we. Have that's some, right. We have some time left to squeeze it in, so uh, let's let's play uh, let's play one of Eddie's games. All right, everybody. So I decided after after ten comics, we would play a game. Last game we had, James B was kind enough to play. Um, James B, you're in the hot seat again for my game. You good with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm better now that I know the rules of your game. Okay, I, so I've changed it a little bit here. I've used my stats from. Um, comics one through ten and i'm going to start you off with one here uh the helicopter a helicopter appears in 15 panels in spider-man comics one through ten for comics 11 through 20 james b um did helicopters appear more or less fewer more times or fewer times i'm going to say uh, me and the audience are going to say uh fewer Fewer times is correct. Do you want to take a guess how many times the helicopters appeared? Fine, I'll guess. What's the worst it could happen? 
I'm going to say zero, Eddie. It's guess wrong. <laughs> all right, all right. It's more than zero. It's five times. And I, I guess, did I tell you that it appeared 15 times through one and yes. 10? Yes. And so 11 through 20, we have many fewer helicopters. All right, we're going to go on to my next one, James B. Okay. Um, it is one of my favorites, as you know very well. Um, we can remember through comics one through 20, like um, Spider-Man paddleboarding through the, the Florida swamps on his his created his web creations do you remember spider-man creating things with his web james b yes i do and i, I know your infatuation with the lizards he's your second favorite of them <laughs> so i understand anything with the lizard you can have memorized but <laughs> ask your question all right so in comics one through ten spider-man creates something unique with his web 14 times okay in 11 through 20 how, do you think he creates something more times or fewer times than 14. If he creates a flying bat again, does that count as a new thing? Or... I know I count that because it's slightly different. I it's count not that a web. again. If it's not a... I, yeah, this is anything that doesn't like webbing someone or webbing their feet to the ground. It's got to be like if he makes like web balls in two different issues, did you count it twice or once? So I I usually count it twice, like for 11 through 20. So boy, like any. Up. Any, I gotta any... tell you, I gotta. I have a question for you first, though. Oh. Where, where were these five helicopters? Where were the five helicopters? Yeah. Well, it, well, okay. I have to look through, but there's one where he breaks up a movie, and there's a helicopter in there three times. There's the one where he's on the Brooklyn Bridge and he falls into the water, and he creates. You know, I remember this because he creates an underwater web thing. Remember? Ooh, that's, that's, okay. I'm going. With there's the a helicopter flying. I do remember him. The movie one. Um, that's, is that part of the, is that the big man's operation? Is that Foswell? The, the movie one is like, he, he doesn't actually, he like messes up the movie. Yeah, but that's, I can't remember what. That's Foswell behind that whole thing, right? Isn't the big man the one? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know though. I have to look back. We just read, we just read these. <laughs> oh, I can't remember which that's one is what the we talk about. Because, because he goes through a bunch <laughs> of, my job. bunch of mistakes in a row. <laughs> It's somebody, it's somebody's, it's, it's either the Goblin or Foswell. I think it's Foswell. I think it's the big man, but that's okay. Um, all right, I'll answer your question. The answer is, uh, he's, I'll tell you, he's been doing a lot of punching lately. So I don't know if he's had time to make these crazy web things. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say less. You are correct, James B., and I won't even make you guess. I could only find four unique web creations in comics 11 through 20. I was really kind of disappointed by this. But this leads me to my next one, the one that you just talked about. Yeah, he's been punching Spider-Man. everybody. It's, I'm he gonna, punches. I'm saying more. We'll just we'll, don't yeah, even have he, to talk about it. He's been pun- he punches. Well, he pun- one it, One issue he punched, like, 50 guys. It was like <laughs> he's punching machine. He is. <laughs> I know. So, well, I thought it was amazing in comics one through tw- 10, I only counted 12 connected punches, you know, between someone. And I say connected because in 11 through 20, I didn't count any of the swings into the gas with Mysterio that he, he's just swinging into the gas. He, he punches. He, yeah. He hits a scorpion probably like 20 times himself. He punches connected punches, 46 <laughs> between 11 and 20. I'm like, I mean, this combined with the lack of web creations, I'm really not like into Spider-Man's fighting style. Like, I think that's this. This it's a big problem, and I think it's a big problem when he fights the Scorpion. Because remember, he he like he really goes at like the Scorpion as like a brawler, kind of like a punching brawler, and then realizes I got to fight this guy differently, and he uses more of his web, and he like is more acrobatic throughout james b anything comments on punching web creations i actually just think that 
he that spider-man the the spider-man that we know in like today it is is a puncher like he's he's you know he has this proportional spider strength he should be able to punch you and send you flying like if if you play like a little like uh board game or something and you have a spider-man character or something he's much stronger than than you think he is i mean think about i mean he holds up like buildings when they're collapsing and stuff i mean he's a strong dude and the fact that he's been pulling back his punches like dude like start punching people so i I disagree with you i don't need him to be creating no flying bats and paddle shoes oh man hey i want to talk to you about that purple thing that you opened up with real quick sure um did you see that uh your goofy friends there uh, all the villains wear purple and green that's the only colors you're allowed to yeah because they because they, they don't want to have them in red or blue because it doesn't make any sense heroes wear red and blue like the human, to- <laughs> human torch is red and blue right literally two yeah. colors. but um the issue with um montana and and friends uh they change up their costumes oh right? yeah I, yeah that? they do yeah they different wearing, colors one of them changes their color i i, I is it montana or fancy Dan? one of them switches colors they so. both they do switch it's true yeah. Well, that's all I have for my game today, James B. Do you have anything you would like to add? Before we... uh, I do. I do have something we'd like to add. Um, okay. Again, as I mentioned last issue, we're starting to like uh, get these podcasts ready for for you know, and and again the, but pulling back the curtain in our world, the podcast hasn't even gone up. It's just, it's just <laughs> local. But because I know it's going to come up, I want to put out a, just a, a comment if I haven't said it before that uh, Eddie, we should. Uh, we should get some uh, some listeners to come join us in the um, come join us. Like this would be fantastic. Yeah, great we, idea. Like, we should get a listener. And uh, right now we're on issue. Um, I don't know. We're on. Yeah, we're gonna do twenty four. Twenty three. So whenever you, is next. So whenever you listen to this, um, all you need to do is look ahead in the feed, and say, hey, these guys have already uploaded issue. You know, whatever down they're on. So let's say if you look ahead, we're like fifteen issues ahead of right right now. Or whenever you listen to it. Uh, drop us a line at Let's Read Spider-Man at Gmail and tell us you want to join us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have some listeners join us. They can uh, pick an issue. They can read it. If you don't know how to read it online, we'll uh, we'll help you out there. I have them in book form, but Eddie does not have them all in book form. That's and, true. Um, and Eddie also... Um, oh, anyway, and yeah, listeners could uh, can, can jump in and, uh, and, and join us. Eddie, did you see... Uh, I sent you a message that in November, um, they're releasing uh, the Epic Spider-Man book that covers um, roughly issues like... Um, actually, I know exactly which issues it's going to be. It's going to be 30, 39 through like 52. Uh, it's being re-released. I said November. I might be wrong, but it's coming soon. It's being released. It's it's going to be out in the next like eight months. It's book on you know, the Epic Collection. You know, um, we're on book two. You have book. I think you have like book one, five, and seven or something like that. Yeah. But book six is coming out in November, and then book three is coming out like next year, maybe like April. So you'll be able to plug in some of those gaps as well. All right. Yeah. And if and listeners, if you need any help finding, helping you find Spider-Man comics too to read i'm sure james james b is an excellent resource for such things excellent resource just send us a message we'll help you with all that stuff too so um you got to wrap it up because my clothes are terrible uh, all right everybody well thanks for listening to let's read spider-man you can email us at let's read spider-man at gmail.com to tell me uh, how fantastic my hosting is or how fantastic it isn't or whether you like my game or not. All right. And if you have another game that you want to play, let me know too. I'm always open to playing games. I know James B is too. So that's all for today. I'm Eddie and I have with me James B. Everybody have a good night.
side kind of characters that existed. I, I can't think of another superhero of the same vintage who was really like this. Cap- Captain America, his devotion to liberty and equality and staying above partisan politics is so strong that he will defy the American government when he feels it doesn't live up to its own ideals. And Peter is just like, I'm just going to go over the torch's house and mess up his life because I feel like it. And by the way, I'm going to be mean to Gwen because I feel like it. And he's just a jerk sometimes. And, and uh, you know, I was, uh, we were reading back through those things. Remember I was looking back through the old books and uh, where Spider-Man if Aunt May didn't exist, Spider-Man would not be a good guy. I'm almost sure of that now. Like, that's who grounds him morally at every turn whenever he's having trouble. Like, he always, if he's, I, I think he's always on the verge of, like, losing it and really, like, going off on somebody. But Aunt May, the fact that he has Aunt May to worry about and to, I guess, take care of him, kind of, because she does comfort him in a big way. Um isn't he it isn't a villain. Isn't so. it issue one? Yeah. That, she, that, that like, he's this, like, that he had... uh, I could be a crook, but oh, Aunt May would be, up, be upset yeah. if I went to jail, so I guess I'll go the other way. He has a vision of him like stealing money like and moving around as a criminal, and he doesn't do it just because he doesn't want to upset Aunt May. And that it's the same as the same issue where you pointed out he's holding the umbrella the whole time. I mean, he really has like such a strong devotion to Aunt May. It speaks of the trauma that he he has from not having parents and having only Aunt May and Uncle Ben as his parents.